Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We're your hosts, Nathan Cravat. I'm J.C. Groves, and uh, Brian is missing. Where is Brian Edwards tonight, man? It it just doesn't seem right. I think we were talking about this before we recorded, but I'm pretty sure this might be one of the first episodes we've ever recorded without old wisdom. (laughs) Grandpappy, as as Dudley loves to call him. I can't say that because he says I'm the one that started that, so I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't well, I think you kind of did start it, but a lot of our listeners have uh, encouraged that as well. They always say well, he's the wiser, older fella. So, Listen, truth never fears a challenge. Um, so, <laughs> I'm a, Brian is on vacation. I'm pretty sure they're uh, – I don't know where he's at right now, but we miss you, Brian, and I uh, hope to have you back with us next week. <laughs> Yeah, last week he was in Asheville on a business trip, so I don't know where he's at right now, but I think he ended up going on a fall break with his daughters. So uh, that's kind of a lame excuse, you know, family, ministry, yeah. blah, 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 where whatever. In the world but- <laughs> is Brian Edwards. You remember Carmen San Diego? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Where is Brian Edwards? Maybe he'll show up at a church near you. So you had a good week, man? Man, I have had a good week. I've uh, been very busy this week. And Thursdays is my last day of work in the week because Same. I'm off Friday and Saturday. So uh, I, I was really trying today to get everything done. And after I got home feeling real good about it myself, I realized that I had not gotten everything done. So I'll probably have to come in for about 30, 40 minutes tomorrow. But that's just your average work week for me. Yeah, I got to work tomorrow because I took Monday off. It was mine and Kim's 13th wedding anniversary. Dude! And, uh, yeah, so we went down to Savannah and hung out down there and enjoyed time. Can you believe it, man? You, 13 years ago. I you was in your wedding, wedding, wasn't I? Yeah, Dude, you were. 13 years, it seems like absolutely yesterday. And, bro, Kim, I've said this before, but she should be put up for sainthood. After 10 years, Agreed. like, I mean, that's incredible. But then 13 years... That's that's unthinkable. Kim, hats off to you. You did it. You Much did it. Much respect. Congratulations. <laughs> and had, she was pregnant for a decade. Shoot. We've moved from Tennessee to Georgia to Utah, back to Georgia, now to South Georgia. We've had six houses, 12 cars. She's gone through nine dogs. Like, we started adding everything Good. up. It is, we have lived Great. a lot of life in that 13 years. But, man, she's my ride or die, my boo. And I love that girl to death. So. Kim is awesome. You cannot have a bad time around Kim Groves. She is hilarious. She's yep. always laughing. I, man, I love her. Hey, do you guys still have kids in diapers, or are you finally 100% Heck out no. of diapers? We are one. Okay. Oh, thank God. We are so far done from that. I don't know. I stopped changing diapers after the fourth <laughs> kid. And uh, I'm just kidding. Somebody's going to tweet that. Listen. Uh, uh, but, uh, Nate, do you oh, ever get man. stuck? You, you've got older daughters. So you, you've got daughters like Elena could, could get married. Like, she's that age now. Do you ever 22. get stuck? That's crazy that she's 22. I remember when she was Little Red's age. Like, that's nuts yeah. to me. Well, maybe a little bit older. How old was she? Yeah. No, she was probably like three or four, right? When yeah. we met each yeah. other. Actually, I think she was probably eight or nine, so somewhere around. In okay, that range. two or three, eight yeah. or nine. It's all the same. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least was two kids. or three. Yeah, that's right. I remember when she was born. Anyhow, do you ever get stuck in the vortex of like watching videos of dads giving away their daughters? Yeah, you know. Uh, I'm probably one of the most sappy adult yeah. males in the United States. So, yeah, I, I, I get caught on those things. Now there's a tab on Facebook uh, mobile mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. videos, and you click on there, and it knows what you like. So I'll watch a lot of fights, but then it'll have this yeah. real sappy, sentimental video. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it <laughs> sucks hilarious. me in. Oh, my daughter, Tink, she uh, um, found this song about a year ago. It's called Daddy's Little Girls, and... Dude, I mean, breaks my heart all the time. But she wants to hear it every night now before she goes to bed. She'll come running in there and sit down on my lap. And she's like, Daddy, Daddy's little girls. I'm like, no. Kim will come in. I'm like tearing up. She's like, well, I was like I'm having a Nathan Cravat moment. Leave me alone. Like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm turning That's into a truth, sap. man. <laughs> yeah, JC, I'm the guy who actually watched every episode of Downton Abbey with my wife. Not because I liked it, mind you, but because... I was growing deeper with my wife. And the funniest part of that is we watched the entire episode. Then they came out with a movie. So I went to 
the Downton Abbey movie in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at the theater with every other woman and every gay man in Chattanooga to watch Downton Abbey. True story. And that's how much I love my wife. And regardless of what she tells you, I don't like it. I, I didn't cry in every episode. I promise. I'm calling bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. <laughs> That's funny. That's my oh, story. Well, I'm sticking to it. You go ahead and stick to it. That's all right. Hey, what's your favorite movie on the count of three? You ready? One, two, three. Shooter. Tombstone. Okay, Tombstone's good. Have you ever seen Shooter? I think I have. Dude, that's my favorite one. I could literally watch that movie backwards and forwards. Well, Nathan, I am fired up uh, to announce tonight we have a new podcast that's joining up with the RFP Network. I was on this podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, David is one of the hosts on this podcast, and it is something that's close to mine and your heart. And I'm kind of glad Brian's not here right now because he always makes fun of us for being youth pastors because he's a big-time <laughs> senior pastor, church planner, but Woo! we're just measly little youth pastors. But Youth and Culture Podcast are joining up with the RFP nice. Network. And, uh, man, I am fired up for these guys to come on. And uh, they are talking about real-life events and culture and also student ministry. Both of them are OGs in student ministry. And uh, you can go to the RFP Network org and find a link to the Youth and Culture Podcast. Check them out today. And next Friday... Uh, will be an episode coming out that I got to sit down with them and uh, kind of do a little interview and talk about student ministry and culture. And uh, it, it's just a great podcast. I'm excited to have them on. That's awesome, man. Youth ministry is something that's near and dear to both of our hearts. And I'm so excited about being back in youth ministry. And just Same. since I've been here in Anderson, South Carolina, God has been doing amazing things in our youth group. And I'm loving it every day. I love it just a little bit more. And we've got a ton. I'm looking at my huge whiteboard over here. You have one the same size as mine, uh, but it's black. I've got a huge yeah. whiteboard over here, and it's covered in stuff that we're doing this month. Uh, almost ran out of room for October. So yeah. super excited. We have an 80s skate night coming up soon where everybody's nice. dressing up like the 80s, going to the old school skating rink. I don't think it's changed a thing since 1970 <laughs> here in Anderson, South Carolina. Skateland USA. And we've nice. got that coming up, plus a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, man, love youth ministry. I do, too. And something that I've just started doing since moving here to Statesboro, which, by the way, today when we're recording is October the 7th, and today was my very first day a year ago that I preached my first sermon here at Connection Church. So it's already been a year now Dude, in Statesboro. That flew no by. No way. We have been here a year today. Like, that's unbelievable. But doing college Dude. ministry also. So I get to preach. Th every three days I'm getting to preach. And uh, I'm telling you what, coming from being a campus pastor – uh, where, you know, I think I preached 11 times in nine years there uh, to getting to preach every three days here. It's just, it's been an incredible, incredible year. And uh, just thank God for that. And that the podcast is just continuing on and uh, things are continuing to grow with this. We got more folks coming on to the RFP Network. And we want to thank our sponsors of the RFP Network, Free Life Soap. You can check them out today by going to recoveringfundamentalist.org. While you're there, click on the Free Life Soap tab. Use your promo code RFP. Get 20% off of your order. Also on that sponsor page, you can check out Loot Box Creative. And uh, they are now a sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. These guys have stuff for your church, for your ministry, that will take it to a whole nother level. They're going to make your ministry look excellent in so many ways. I was on their website looking around today, lootboxcreative.org. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me, what does Loot Box do? Well, they help with video announcements. They help with sermon bumpers. They help with themes, uh, whether it's for youth ministry, whether it's for church. They create packages specifically for you, and they create yeah. content that's not generic where you just get online and click on something. It's, it's created specifically for you at a budget level, and they are serving the church in a way that has been needed for years, especially for yeah. churches with lower budgets. And yeah. uh, man, I'm excited, found out this week that they're getting connected with the Idea Network. They just got right. hired to do some work for them, and two or three of our other listeners have signed up with them. So many good things are going on with Josh Chapman and Loot Box Creative, so go check them out, lootboxcreative.org. 
Awesome. Well, I'm excited about today's episode as we are now in week number three of this series that we have been in on alcohol, and uh, I'm excited to continue on. It's opened up a lot of incredible dialogue, both good and bad. Um, It has helped a lot of people. It's also made uh, a lot of people stop and ask themselves, why do I believe what I believe? And today's episode, I really feel, is going to just continue to help us explore and dig into uh, belief and our stance on alcohol. And I have listened to these guys on Beer and Bible Podcast for some time, and I'm excited that we finally got them on the RFP. And so we're going to roll the intro and then jump right into the episode with Anthony and Michael from Beer and Bible. Y'all ready to get this started? I'm ready. Brian, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> hang on, let me do that again. Let me do that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop, stop. I got, I got a better one. All right, here we go. So I'm ready to get this show started. You ready, Nate? I'm ready, man. Brian, you ready? Well, <laughs> the other day I got my poly grip and my preparation H mixed up. <laughs> my gums don't itch anymore. I just can't get my underwear off. <laughs> All right, Brian, he's ready. Let's get this show started. Let's go. Covering Fundamentalist Podcast begins in three. These podcasts, <laughs> podcasts, that sounds like a convention of beans or peas to me. I, podcast. Listen, in these recovering fundamentalists, they don't know the Bible either. What are the fundamentals? Inerrancy, virgin birth of Jesus Christ, Amen. substitutionary atonement, Amen. bodily resurrection Amen. of Christ, and the authenticity of miracles. Hi, man! Two. I am not a recovering fundamentalist. They're everywhere. They're all over the internet. They want to be, uh, what do they call it? Recovering from fundamentalism. They're everywhere. And I think to myself, well, you were just stupid to begin with. And if there's such a word, you're stupider now. We ain't recovering from nothing good, neighbor. We're reviving from the Holy Ghost. Somebody say Everybody wants to focus on recovering. Oh, you're recovering. Oh, you need yeah. help. You need therapy. You're recovering. Let's focus on fundamentalists. We're recovering fundamentalism back from people who have hijacked it. We are biblical family. We are the fundamentalists. Man. That'll make a Baptist want to speak in tongues right there, boys. One. I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, We better stay uh, in the old paths. But what are the old paths? I've heard that my whole life, and nobody's ever been able to tell me what the old paths or the old-time religion really is because it's whatever era you Mm -hmm. overly romanticize in your mind as being when the church was right. Mm. Like it, lump it, pump it, jump it, take it across the street and dump it. We've raised a generation that is ashamed of our forefathers and act like they were somehow done wrong in the way they were brought up and they were damaged and they were scarred because they were raised in a home that had standards and convictions and kept them on the old time way. You got their number, boys. Y'all thought you started the podcast. You went and started a movement. Thanks for joining us for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of the show to hear more about the RFP sponsors. Now, here's your host for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, Nathan Cravat, J.C. Groves, and Brian Edwards. JC, that intro lasted 17 minutes and 34 seconds. I had time to run home and pick up a notebook that I forgot, and I'm still laughing about that joke that you told right before we went into the intro. That is absolutely hilarious. I've been sitting on that for a while. (laughs) I've heard it before, but I've never heard it personalized to Brian Mm. Edwards, and the fact that he's not here to defend himself is just amazing. So (laughs) He's going to hear it next week. We'll get a fortune cookie tweet from him here in the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness oh, gracious. Boy. 
Well, we are in week number three, like we said in the intro, but a lot of you skipped that. Uh, we're in week number three of our <laughs> series on alcohol, and we're excited tonight to have Michael and Anthony. They are the host of a great podcast called Beer and Bible. And I got to be honest, guys, when I first heard this podcast, it threw me for a loop because their voices were different than what they are now. And I was like, whoa. Something is up with this podcast, but it was intriguing, and I listen, and uh, I'm a big fan. I think I've listened to almost every episode of the Beer and Bible podcast. So introduce yourselves. Let us know who you are, why you started the podcast, and just introduce yourself to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast family. And if I'm not mistaken, it's Beers and Bible, plural. So is that correct? Yeah. That is correct. Well, isn't that just how sin is? You start with one and it leads to multiple. So that's it. Ah, goodness. Somebody's going to take that wrong. But guys, introduce yourself to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah, go ahead. My name is Anthony, Anthony Kidd. Um, I am a father to two. I am married to my wife, Anna, and she is the greatest thing uh, in my life outside of my salvation uh, that is from Christ alone. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a good time. I used to work for churches. I've worked in and out of churches. Right now I work for a secular company. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's me. That's where I'm from. Uh, you can probably see the picture, the book in the background. I like to read. Um, Michael makes mention of me reading a lot on, on the podcast um, because I typically will have two or three books going at one time. Uh, just I just I've enjoyed reading when I got into seminary a few years ago um, it kind of really picked up and I challenged myself to read more and that's just taken hold since then um, and that's kind of led to to almost to where we are now it's really fed into to the podcast because uh, I've been able to bring books that we can discuss uh, while talking about the Bible in ways that we can dive into scripture so that's me yeah awesome. and that's Anthony yeah, um, and I'm Michael Richard. Last name looks just like Richard. It's really confusing to people for the first time they hear it and see it. Um, and even <laughs> like the hundredth time, right every time. <laughs> does she really? No, no, she doesn't. Okay, no, she doesn't. Okay, I thought you were being serious. Um, so no, um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Katie. Uh, we have one son, and um, yeah, I, I worked in a church for a long time. Worked for the church I actually uh, made a profession of faith in. Um, and worked there for 10 plus years and finally got to a point in my life where I needed to make a change. And so, uh, I actually left and I were also worked for a secular company. Um, and, uh, but, the, but the podcast, our podcast has, um, really forced me to grow. Um, I'm not the reader. Uh, Anthony will, uh, confirm that. Um, <laughs> he, he reads substantially more than I do, but, um, I've been able to, I've learned a lot in the last couple of years. We've been going right at two years or a little over two years now. Um, and just having the discussions and deepening my walk with Jesus and enjoying beer and finding stuff that's unique is also fun. So, um, yeah, that's me. Now, did you have got, were, you, were y'all working in independent fundamental Baptist churches? Were they Southern Baptist? Was it Presbyterian, Episcopalian? Southern Baptist, baby. Southern, Southern, Southern Baptist. Baptist. <laughs> uh, the, the church we work for, the church where we met, um, we were on staff, is a, an admittedly teetotaling Southern mm-hmm. Baptist church. Okay. Yes. Are they King James only? They're not. No. Not. Okay. Cause, so a lot of times those things go together. So a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners that are teetotalers and King James only, they're not going to know what to do with you guys. They're not going to know what category even to put your church in. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I'll, t- I'll say this. Um, I've worked for churches uh, since I was probably 18 or 19 in some capacity, not maybe not full-time, but, but in some capacity. And I've worked for churches from the range of they don't really care if you drink all the way to teetotaling churches all the way to teetotaling churches that if you got caught being around alcohol you might lose your job at the church Mm -hmm. um and so i've kind of seen seen the range and and the gamut of what people believe and how for lack of a better word how hostile they can become towards something like alcohol sure so is that the reason when you first started the podcast, Beers and Bible, uh, those first episodes, I don't know how many it was 
but the, there was a distortion on your voice, kind of like how when we interviewed IFB Sermon Clips, he had a mm-hmm. nice distortion on his voice, so nobody could tell it was Brian. Um, you know, we, we, we had this. Uh, <laughs> but what was the reasoning behind that? Because now, obviously, you don't do the distortion on your voices. Obviously, you don't work at the churches anymore. Just kind of interested in the breakdown of, of why you felt the need to do that. Yeah, so um, when we started, we were both on staff at the church, um, and they kind of had a very similar, like Anthony said, if you were caught with alcohol mm. or, or anything, there wouldn't even really be a discussion. It'd be, you're gone. Um, mm. And so when we decided to start the podcast, um, we were like, well, we need to do something that won't get us caught. Not not in a way that's like caught because we're doing something wrong. We just didn't want to cause division within our church. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't want to uh, be a distraction or anything. Um, that limited us a little bit in how we could advertise or share or whatever, whatever word you want to use there. Um, but that's why we did it. And mm-hmm. we did that, what, oh. Anthony, like 66 episodes? 66 episodes total with, our, with the voice changers. And... You know, it's it kind of in in full disclosure. We, I when I worked for the church, um, when I came on, they were in the process of changing a lot of stuff. And something they had done in the past was they had made employees sign a a co- basically a covenant saying you would not drink. Um, I did not sign that covenant, and it, it was never presented to me to be signed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. I know the kind of one of the big objections that somebody's going to bring is, well, you're not being, you're not having integrity because you're, you signed a covenant saying you wouldn't drink and you're drinking. Mm. I never signed that covenant. And if it would have been put in front of me, I'd have said, I don't feel comfortable signing this because I don't believe there is a scriptural basis for Mm -hmm. this. And, and if churches, if you want to put that, that stigma on, and this, this was part of the conversation that I had with a few people in the church and even with other staff members on the church. Was, if the church wants to put that stigma onto drinking alcohol and say, we're going to force you to do this one thing, then what's the next thing that the church could force you to do? You know, I, and I, I kind of I would ask them, i say, what if the church decided that they didn't want your wife to have a job anymore. They, they felt like it was biblical for her to stay home from, from work. How would you feel about that? I mm-hmm. said, when we start getting outside of scriptural authority for kind of the guidelines for our church and our staff, where do we draw the line at that point? And so, mm-hmm. so you know, I, I would not have signed it, not because I wanted to go binge drinking every weekend, but because I believe that that, that – that, that stigma or that that particular rule would go outside of the bounds of Scripture. Yeah, one yeah. thing JC and I have gotten real good at is anticipating a lot of our listeners' objections, and I'm I'm mainly talking about listeners that listen so they can have sermon illustrations for Sunday to preach against us. And we have a lot of those guys. Yeah, and some of them we've won over, and some of them still like to mention the recovering fundamentalist every sermon they preach, especially at the, the, the uh, conferences and the big camp meetings. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would anticipate something that they're going to say, uh, basically saying you guys were being rebellious to the authority in your life. But I, I'm going to make the case that what you were doing, especially since you were doing it under the radar, uh, would fall within what Romans 14 says. It says in verse 22, the faith that you have Keep between yourself and God. Blessed mm-hmm. is the one who has mm-hmm. no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. And that's talking about one of the things he was addressing was drinking wine. And uh, I would say doing an anonymous podcast and drinking at home in your own liberty, yeah. not flaunting that in your brother's face, would fall under the Romans 14 provision for that. Mm-hmm. And that was that was kind of something that, that Michael and I had really really set up for ourselves is when we would go out if we were at a restaurant um either with our family or or with other people we would never drink in public kind of when we're we called it the circle you know if we're so if we're this close to the church we kind of we just avoid it at all costs in public because it's not worth Mm -hmm. it's not worth the fight to be honest it's you know a lot of people are going to distort it but if you get down to you know 50, 60, 100 miles away or whatever it is, wherever you want to draw that line, um, 
that's when it kind of becomes, okay, it's a little different story. I have a very slim chance of actually running into somebody. You know, I was listening to last week's, or it was it was yesterday's episode today, and JC talking about the Braves game. You know, yeah. somebody sitting right there next to you, you know, I, <laughs> you never know. You never know. What's yeah. going to be there. But you, you put some safeguards in, in place to kind of protect as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Now, did y'all grow up? How how was your upbringing? Were you raised in the church? Were you raised that alcohol was wrong? Like, what was your your upbringing? I mean, I did not grow up in the Michael speaking. I didn't grow up in the church, um, but uh, and my dad like drinks pretty mm-hmm. regularly, so alcohol was in and around my home all the time. Um, like I say, when I was seventeen or eighteen, um, and so at that point, like I had made a decision even before I got saved. But at that point, I'd made a decision once I started my, my relationship with Jesus, you know, legally 21 is the 21 is where our law says we can't, you're not supposed to drink. And so I said, even if I was going to, I wouldn't, yeah. or even if I wanted to, I wouldn't. And when I was 18, I, did, I had no interest in it just cause I, I just, it wasn't something I wanted to pursue. I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church that would probably be labeled as liberal. Um, they didn't preach against it, um, and there were definitely church members who did it, but it was kind of one of those, you, you just don't talk about it. Uh, and so it's not that we're going to preach against it, we're just going to ignore it. Um, and I can I could go on all day about the issues that creates, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll move on. But I I'll tell you here's a here's a story from my childhood that I uh, my parents have told over the years, and I was small enough that I don't remember it. But but when I think back to the story, it just kind of reminds me more of of who I've become to grown up to be. We were at. Do y'all remember Wednesday night supper? Oh did yeah, know, yeah. Did, when, okay, so Wednesday oh, yeah. night supper was a thing, and and. Michael's not going to know. I have no reference for what you're talking about. (laughs) You missed out, man. Oh, man. Followed by Awana where you went and sang and ran around the circle and threw your guts up. R.A.s and G.A.s. R.A.s and G.A.s, man. So you were liberal. (laughs) Firmly Awana stands. We're sparks for Jesus. Yeah. We are Awana Cubbies. Sorry. I can't stop. I can't stop. All right. Let's sing all the songs. I love it. So so we were at Wednesday night supper one night and and I'm maybe 2 years old and my dad would drink beer in the house kind of the same rules we didn't mm-hmm. he didn't drink a lot out in public but he would you know he would have a beer or you know a mixed drink at the house well I'm sitting there and everybody's uh, all the adults are chatting it up and and I said uh, my daddy drinks beer and apparently oh. nobody heard me and so Michael will know this in my typical fashion. I raised my voice a little bit. I said, my daddy drinks beer and nobody, (laughs) nobody said anything again. So I got as loud as I possibly could as a two year old. I said, my daddy drinks beer. How have I never heard this story? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Think I, you know, uh, and I keep saying that one day it's going to come back and it's going to haunt me. And, and my, my four year old, uh, Michael can attest, my four-year-old is probably going to do that to me one day. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to say something, and it's going to be embarrassing for me. Uh, but that's they tell that story, and they said everybody just kind of looked at me and they said, well, okay then, and went on about their <laughs> <laughs> So before we go any further in this, uh, do you guys believe that drunkenness is a sin? 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, so yeah. you both affirm the biblical stance that it's yes. not – Sinful to drink alcohol, but it is sinful to be drunk. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that's important to, to point out because uh, this is new to a lot of our listeners. The only yeah. way they've ever heard alcohol spoken about in the church is that it's a sin. And I remember uh, the very first time I was at a Calvary Chapel, I first started going in Chattanooga, and our pastor stood up and he was using an illustration about wisdom and about uh, being uh, having moderation in all things. And he gave all these examples about being moderate and uh, not going overboard in excess. And he got to an example about alcohol. And this was in church. He said, some of you guys go back to the bar and get one more drink. And you know you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. He said, and you've crossed a line. And my mind, my little independent fundamental Baptist mind was blown that he was saying 
that without even saying it, he was saying that you can drink in moderation and not cross the line, but once you cross that line to drunkenness, you've entered into sin, and you mm-hmm. have to be careful about that. That was something I didn't know how to process that, and I went that went home and talked to my wife about that. I think we talked on the way home, and I was like, did you hear that? And she was like, yeah. I said, I've never heard anything like that in my life, yeah. which is interesting because that's the biblical position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I had a similar experience. Um, at the So I left the church that I was on staff at, and we, me and my wife went there. She actually went there close to 20 years. Um, I was there more like 10. And we left and went to like a – we're at a non-denominational church, or they – what are they? I, I don't think they're know. Wesleyan. They're Wesleyan. Sorry, I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, so, but um, but they would like openly talk about like if you go out and have a beer or whatever. Or they had like a couples thing a few months back where they're like, if your beverages tonight, or and they have a can of beer on the platform while they're streaming this thing. It was a very different experience for me coming from a church that had like our pastor love them to death. But his big thing was, um, I've never had a drop of alcohol touch my lips, and I don't intend for it to. And, yeah. and he, he would use that as you know his foundation for his for why he thinks alcohol, drinking alcohol is a sin. Yeah. So to go from that stance to a church that's much more open about, if you're going to, I mean, it's there, um, but don't. But like we've talked about, we've talked about on our podcast several times that stepping over into drunkenness is a sin and. Mm-hmm. That's where yeah. we. That's where we draw that line. Nate, I, I love reminiscing on stories like this. Did Did you ever get busted drinking when you were in high school? Actually, man, I went to most of the parties, and all my friends were were partiers. But I was the guy who always was the designated driver. I yeah. actually never touched alcohol. I played sports, and I had an idol that was called girls, mm-hmm. and. Therefore, all I cared about at the parties was meeting people and yeah. uh, never did touch it. What about you, JC? So, you know, we grew up next to the fraternity house, the Kappa Sig house right there on the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga's campus. Oh, yeah. And when I, Mom, I love you. Just turn it off and don't listen right now. But when I was 16, <laughs> I moved to the back of our house. Nate, you remember Mom's old house downtown Chattanooga, that big old four-story house? Oh, yeah. Well, in the in the back, there was that apartment. And so when I was 16, I moved back there instead of living upstairs because we were in like three little bedrooms. And so I moved out there and uh, I would I became an honorary Kappa Sig at like 16, 17 years old. They were using me as the DD, but I was jumping the fence and joining up with the fraternity parties. I mean, literally, it was a chain link fence that separated us. And so my senior year of high school, 2000, all those guys were going down to spring break in Panama City. And I went with some friends and <laughs> actually got busted at Club La Vila in Panama City Beach, Florida. MTV just happened to be there the day that we're there, and we get oh, uh, no. we get some phone calls. Is JC in Panama City? Is he on MTV? And sure enough, there it is. So I uh and you know, that's back honestly, Nate. You, you probably I think I met you a few uh, a year or so after that. Maybe a couple more, but that's when I was man. I was fake as a three dollar bill. I was trying to still keep that good church boy, wear suits mm-hmm. on Sundays. I was singing in a Southern gospel quartet, you know, on the weekends, and then also trying. I was just I was looking for acceptance in so many areas of life, and I, I look back on that time and just I remember the fear that came over me, man, when when I caught that caught wind of that. Oh, it was <laughs> a a horrible feeling. So, but you know what's funny. I did it for acceptance, and I remember so many times at those fraternity parties, like I literally, and golly bum, I'm telling on myself here, but I'd literally jump the fence and go up to my house and put sweet tea in the beer bottle so it still looked brown, and I wasn't drinking the alcohol because I was so afraid that I literally was going to go to hell if I drank the actual beer that was in the bottle, but I would put sweet tea in the beer bottle and then go over there and you know hold my beer and drink it like the rest of them, but <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I did that because I was so afraid of the alcohol alcohol substance going in my mouth not holding the bottle not being at the party but the substance going in it's it's just what struck fear and you know dad that was the way that my parents were they they held that over us like that was the biggest thing and i i tell you what's crazy now i mean you know to see dad and mom you know having some wine and things like that it's just it's crazy how they've realized 
the biblical stance on that. And, you know, <laughs> mom's going to call me. I know when she's listening to this, John Calvin, I can't believe you tell people we drink wine. <laughs> well, it's box wine, so it's not really real wine. <laughs> I love you, mom. Hey, guys, I was wanting to just know how the podcast started. What struck the idea in your minds? I know you're on staff at this church, and you couldn't do it publicly. So just walk us through what the podcast is all about, because honestly, a lot of our listeners are just like going to write you off immediately and be like, what's mm-hmm. the point? Like they're they're drinking beer. They're doing it publicly. Isn't that causing your brother to stumble? Walk us through what happened, what your heart is, what the intention is behind this podcast. So uh, one day, Michael and I are sitting, we shared an office and and. Through some circumstances, we just kind of found ourselves at a place where we're, we're tired. We were working just, I mean, just killing it. Um, and we were like, man, we got we to gotta do something. We have to, you know, we have to break the monotony here, whatever it is. And so we started talking, and, and we, I, I don't know if I can, I can put this in there or not, but we were actually listening to the Worship Leader Probs podcast back before yeah. he started, and he had the voice changer. Um, and, and we really liked the, the kind of anonymity that that provided for him just to be able to talk about things freely. Um, and, and, you know, we were both sitting there going, we both like to drink beer and we both like to talk me more so than Michael. Uh, And we both love Jesus. (laughs) I was like, and we both love Jesus and the Bible. Shocker. So yeah. let's yeah, let's put those two things together. And so, you know, what's the first thing you do when you have an idea? You Google it. So yeah. so we're like, all right, Google it. What what name could we come up with? We have uh, this idea and we Google it. And we're trying to come up with, you know, what do we call this idea that we've, you know, just formulated in our mind? We want to talk about drinking beer and we want to talk about Jesus. So, you know, like every good, I think there was actually a Catholic version of this called Theology on Tap. Um, yeah, and so we, I was like, all right, we can't do that because we can't be associated with Catholics. If you're Catholic, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was like, so let's come up with. I was like, dude, it's beers and it's Bible. We're gonna have, we're gonna drink beers and we're gonna talk about the Bible. Let's just call it that. So we Google yeah. that. Nothing out there. There, I mean, there was nothing out there when we when we first talked about it. And so that was, I mean, like, and we just said, why don't we do a podcast? We could do a podcast called Beers and Bible and. We did it that day. We talked about it that day. And I think within, it was probably within a week, we were actually recording our first episode. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, going into that whole discussion, like, I don't know. I was I was at a point where I was just like, like anything said, tired, burned out, whatever you want to call it. Um, but after we had that discussion, like it ignited something in me where I was like, I have this thing to look forward to. I have this, like this creative project that I can put some of myself into and it's not just about like me putting myself into something but also like if one person hears it and it challenges them to challenge their own stance on consuming alcohol because all they've done is listen to what their preacher says um instead of actually reading the bible then it's worth it um and and if it starts conversations with between people who disagree and can it can be cordial it doesn't have to be scream screaming matches or whatever um but it, it, that whole thing ignited a, something in me, and I'm sure it did Anthony as well, because, yeah. I mean, that was over two years ago now, and mm. we're still still going, still kicking it. Was there any level of hesitancy with people finding out that it was you two? Um, or did you have that much confidence in the voice changer? <laughs> well, it was a we big We tested discuss- the voice changers a couple of times yeah. before yeah, we it was good. them out there. Yeah. And and, and and like I talked about earlier, like the voice changer thing wasn't a like a fear of getting caught or a fear of yeah. anything. But like we knew like if somebody found – if someone could tell it was us because we, were, we weren't going to like at, post about it from our own personal pages or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if they could figure out one of us, they knew – they would know it was both of us because like mm-hmm. we go – like we were best friends. We're still best friends. But um, – but we like we didn't want to create any division. We didn't want to create any, you know, unnecessary drama. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we were afraid to defend ourselves, but yeah. This uh, so to kind of segue into that and tell you how much we didn't want to create drama. 
we started the podcast in July of 2019, and Michael left the church staff in at the end of July in 2019. So it was only like three weeks there, and then mm-hmm. I left the church staff in December of 2019. So we had basically all of 2020 that we still left the voice changers on right. because we just you know we didn't want there to be even though we weren't employed by the church and really. I mean, we didn't, at that point, we had no obligation to the church, yeah. but we we still wanted to, you know, kind of maintain that. And because we knew, I mean, if if I leave the church and then a month later, this podcast, you know, pops up on everybody's mm-hmm. radar. Oh, okay. Now we know why Anthony left the church, you know, when it's not the reason why I left the church. It wasn't, right. you know, it wasn't at all. And so right. um, just wanted to, to maintain that even to the point where when we did, um, Decide, you know, Michael and I discussed it and said, "Man, I think it's time that we can do this. I think we can take these changers, these voice changers, off." We called a few of our uh, good friends who are still on staff there and said, "Hey, we're talking about doing this. Um, we're talking about being able to share it from our pages. You know, all this kind of stuff. How do you think this is going to reflect? Do you think it will reflect back badly on the church? We don't want to do that, but we feel like we're far enough away now. We've been separated enough that." it's not going to immediately kick back to the church. And, you know, they said, you know, you guys can, can do it. It, it, There will probably be some, some kind of uh, quell in the church. There'll be some kind of stir in the church. And there was, because, you know, when you share it and, and you invite all of your former church staff friends on Facebook Mm -hmm. to join your beers and Bible podcast, (laughs) they immediately (laughs) go, what? That's Um, hilarious. And, and so, uh, you know, it, we we caught wind of of discussion, but we also learned really quickly um, on on the staff the people that like genuinely cared for us because those mm-hmm. are the people that reached out. Those are yeah. the people that texted or something and said, "Hey, man, either I like it or I don't like it, but but you know, you do you, or you know, if you feel led to do that, then then carry on." Um, and and so there were some who did, and there were others who didn't. So, guys, what was your motivation in starting this podcast? I know sin doesn't just come from the things we do, but it comes from our hearts. So I believe there probably could be sinful motivations for anything that we do. So what was your personal motivation in starting this podcast? Well, um, Anthony and I had had several conversations about where we stood in regards to alcohol and what Scripture says, not just where we stood, but where scripture, what Scripture says in regards to alcohol. And um, we just felt that the conversation needed to be had within within the church or outside of the church, and we didn't feel like it was being had much. We didn't feel like the moderation view wasn't being preached or wasn't being even exclaimed. It's like any time alcohol was mentioned, like you guys said earlier, it was a don't touch it, don't look at it, don't don't pass yeah. go, don't collect two hundred dollars kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It came from a place of wanting to have real, honest conversation about a hard topic in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, we, as a church, we have tended to shy away from real, hard, honest conversation. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know if it's because, you know, we have this facade that we put on when we go to church, and so that just kind of makes us naturally in this shell um, or if it's something else, you know, some other idol within us. I, I love when uh, last episode, when you said, you know, John Calvin calls the heart, a perpetual idol factory. I've, yeah. I think if, if JC's listened, then, then he knows I say that at least once every five weeks. Um, and so it's, but it's, it's such a good reminder for, for me. And it's such a good reminder for me as a Christian and as a believer that my heart is perpetually trying to find something to worship. And yeah. so if, if I can't be open and honest, then then I'm going to be lured by things that, that I don't need to be lured by. And so you have this open conversation with somebody about a hard topic, and it's not something that's born out of rebellion. It's not something that's like we want to fight back against this church that we're, you know, we don't like them or whatever it is. You know, we're, we're, we're not trying to deal with our problems. It's more from a 
I'm at a point of struggle and I need to find an outlet to talk about my struggle. You know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. just, just, uh, two weeks now we're going through a study, uh, on the book of lamentations and, and that's, you know, we may get to this in a little bit, but that's what we do. We, we talk about the Bible and, and I'm a firm believer, uh, in exegetical and expositional preaching. Um, yeah. I, I love churches that do that. And so, you know, that's kind of the modified, I guess you would call it, approach. We're not really preaching, but we, we like to talk through and have a conversation about chunks of Scripture. Mm, uh, we yeah. did it with Habakkuk. We did it with First Peter. Um, we've done a, a couple of these book studies, and then we've done, we've talked about just general theology. And so this conversation gets born out of n- not necessarily a frustration, but just a deep longing for good, honest conversation about a hard topic. Yeah, and and I understand that because honestly with part of the reason we chose to address this topic is because there is a sense of frustration in me mm-hmm. that the Christian world, Christendom, kind of has mm-hmm. this view that the stricter position is the more godly position. Oh, yeah. For example, let's go back to uh, the monastic days, the Middle, middle Ages. They could have argued that the more biblical position was complete celibacy mm-hmm. because they're choosing to forego sex completely in marriage and all the joys that that brings. But the Bible clearly states that that is not more spiritual. Yeah. God gave marriage mm-hmm. as a gift. Yeah. So someone saying, well, I'm just choosing to forego all those pleasures and those temptations and being distracted from God because I want to be celibate. Paul also says some people may be called to that. Mm-hmm. But that can't be exalted as a more biblical position. I think the most biblical position is to marry and have kids yeah. and raise them for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me like we have something to hide and we're being dishonest if we can't address a biblical issue yeah. honestly. And the Bible does not condemn drinking alcohol as sin. No. Now, right. it, it does condemn drunkenness. It does condemn causing your brothers to stumble, which is, I guess, another question I would ask you guys. What about the, call, the, the accusation that maybe you're causing brothers to stumble through this podcast? I mean, we've said several times, and we don't say it every episode because it doesn't come up every episode, but we've said several times that if you, can, if you don't feel the need to drink or don't feel that you need to drink or want to drink or however you want to word that, then we would never say you you as a christian have to drink we would we would never say you as a christian have to drink but we also don't feel that the calls from pastors that say you as a christian should never drink we don't feel that those are those are the same thing those are two sides of the same coin so um when you accuse somebody of forcing their view on you while you're simultaneously forcing your view on them yeah, you you find yourself uh, in a in a in a logical contradiction. Um, I'm a huge fan of logic, and and one of the things that <laughs> I love to do is take counterexamples. Um, and so, you know, I always ask guys who are teetotalers. You know, that's their position. I say, okay, so you're against it. I say, I would assume from your position that you're also against eating fried chicken. Mm. Um, and they, you know, immediately, no, I love fried chicken. But fried chicken contributes severely to heart disease, and heart disease is the number one killer in the world. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm assuming based on your logic against alcohol that you're also against fried chicken because it's such a destructive force in the world today. Um, wow! And, and and they, you know, they they kind of look at me like, how did he how did he do that? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, you if you can't play out your logic in in a different example, if you can't apply it consistently across the board. Yeah then your logic fails. Now, logic is also subservient to Scripture. And so yes. we have to take the scriptural arguments. What are they? Well, I believe the scriptural argument is it's okay to partake in alcohol, in, in, in moderation, in a moderate, uh, you know, not given to drunkenness. I think First Timothy is pretty clear on that. I think Titus is pretty clear on that when they're talking about leaders in the church. Um, and, and really all throughout Scripture, it's pretty clear drunkenness is wrong it is a sin right. right and and so if you can't logically come to that conclusion and then apply your same logic to something else then the logic that you used to me seems to be faulty 
And so if yeah. you could, if you look at Scripture and say Scripture condemns alcohol because of this, this, and this, but then you can't apply that to something else, then then your your logic is faulty, and you need to start over with your argument. Yeah, and I don't think you guys are going around forcing people to listen to your podcast I, because there are people out there that honestly probably have no business listening to your podcast. If I'm an alcoholic who struggles and will always struggle mm-hmm. for the rest of my life with alcohol abuse because I've abused it in the past, why would I ever click on a podcast that says beers and Bible? Yeah. And right. if yeah. they did, would it really hurt them to listen to two guys say that we enjoy beer, but we don't believe in drunkenness? We don't mm-hmm. promote drunkenness. So I, I think that's an accusation that you guys probably get, but I think it's very unfair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we you know it's uh, we actually haven't had a ton of and maybe it's because we're you know we're a small podcast um, we haven't had a ton of opposition um, and I guess one of the things that I've I've learned is sometimes when people are opposed to you they're not going to bring it up to you they're not going to say something to you about it now you guys I I, I scroll through <laughs> I love scrolling through y'all's Facebook feeds and comments and they they love attacking y'all. <laughs> Release Something the hounds. <laughs> which, which I may have just opened us up to a world of song. Ah, Bring it on. Is, is we what call I that say. Tuesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, but man, I, you know, the people who I would think disagree with us and disagree with our position, disagree with what we do, they just don't come around, it seems like. Yeah. They, they don't Either they don't want to engage with us on a respectful level or, or they – at worst, what they all they want to do is they want to gossip. They want to talk about us, yeah. not to uh, not to mm-hmm. us. They want to gossip yeah. about what we're doing and and how we're betraying scripture and how we're being drunk. You know, I can. My assumption is if they're not talking to me, if there are critics, they're talking to somebody else. Yeah, and yeah. then we're not talking about drunkenness anymore. We're talking about a different sin. Yeah, and and have you experienced the same thing I have that there's this sense of elitism for people that. Oh choose to forego things like alcohol or women not wearing pants or men not having facial hair. It's it's not that, hey, I'm doing this before the Lord and I'm I'm humble. It's that I'm better than you mm-hmm. because I'm here and you're you're here if you're even in the family. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I definitely see that where you know like like I talked about earlier, our pastors using it almost as like a rallying cry of never having alcohol touch his lips um and kudos to him i I totally get it but i don't see that anywhere in scripture i don't see where that's the biblical stance if you think it's not sinful to drink so um i'll say this to um what you guys and and y'all actually uh last episode did a great job of hitting on the weaker brother argument and and that's probably the biggest uh, when I have conversations with people about alcohol, that's the number one. They, they try to throw it, and they think, this is my silver bullet that I'm going to knock him down, and yeah. he's not going to have an answer for this. And my my response is is typically something like, well, I've never met a an unbeliever who is going to come at me and say, well, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol because you're a Christian. Um because typically unbelievers aren't aware of what the scriptural argument is. They just assume Christians don't drink because of the the teetotaling voice that is out there and yeah. they don't they don't actually believe they just think that's what you're supposed to be. So when you see mm-hmm. a Christian who does moderately consume and is not controlled by alcohol, um it's really to a lot of these people it's a breath of fresh air and um, yeah. One of my good friends was actually a bartender in seminary. Um, of all things, he was a bartender in seminary, and he didn't he didn't drink while he was in seminary, but he served alcohol every night. And he said, "You know, some of the best conversations that I had with people were had with me standing on the other side of that bar because so many people mm. come to a place like a bar and they're broken. They mm. they all they want is somebody to talk to." And if you if you had a Christian on the other side of that who takes a moderate view who who believes that it's not wrong to consume alcohol, mm. man, what door does that open for you to sit there and have gospel conversations with a captive audience yeah. all night long? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. 
So I think yeah. in that group there would yeah. have been drunkards, and uh, I believe they loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them. So what a what a great opportunity. Yeah, and uh, Jesus, I love that Jesus was not a bartender, and yeah. uh, I mean. John 2 might possibly disagree with that, but we'll save that discussion for another day. Um, I love but, it. But, man, it's, I mean, if you can't have conversations in, in situations like that, and if you can't put yourself, mm-hmm. the one thing Jesus was accused of, it, it wasn't true, but he was accused of being a drunkard because he yeah. hung out with people who were drunkards. I think one of the most aha moments, if you will, of seeing somebody that loved Jesus, that was a pastor, that was somebody that I looked up to that I thought preached very well. But I found out away from church by going to his house one night, and uh, we were all hanging out there and walked down to the basement, and there's a big old wet bar down there full of liquor and whiskey and alcohol. I mean, just you name it. And I was like, wait a second. How is this guy a preacher who has a thriving church, who is well-known by everybody, but he has this den of iniquity in his basement and i remember that judgmental spirit started rising up in me and i was like wait a second this guy there's something different here and that's when it probably was freshman sophomore year of college at christian a christian university that i started discovering this that it it's not a sin to drink Mm -hmm. it's that it's drunkenness and man i'm telling you like that aha moment and just and then started to see how many people have actually over the years that i have listened to or looked up to or mm-hmm. or heard preach or people that i would just not assume that actually took this stance that alcohol's not wrong and i was like why did it take us this long to to figure this out it's amazing how many of my friends i know now who drink mm-hmm. yeah that i have never in years nine, 10 years, never seen them drunk, seen them drink, sat on a back porch with them, and I've never seen them abuse this. How awesome of a testimony is that for Christ and for the Holy Spirit in their life that they can partake and they can enjoy God's good gifts, but I've never seen them abuse it. And I know men, I've even had them tell me, if it became a problem for me. I would lay it down tomorrow, and I would never touch it. But yeah. it's it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a balance that we can take without causing brothers to stumble, yeah. without uh, being unloving, mm-hmm. but honoring God with how we live our lives and being a testimony for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we started this topic of alcohol, we knew that there was going to be some major pushback. Yeah, um, there was going to be pushback from people that are close to us, and you know, I. On one side of me, I like the pushback because we're not living in an echo chamber anymore, and we don't want everybody to take what the Recovering Fundamentalist and the Beers and Bible podcast say, and you go out, and that's what you have to do, and now we have a ton of people that are going out and drinking because the Recovering Fundamentalist and the Beers and Bible said it's okay, and we want you to take what we say here, and this is just like we tell our student ministry, this is like we tell our college ministry, our churches— own your faith. Yeah. Know mm-hmm. why you believe what you believe. Study yeah. it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Take what we say and then explore it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, we have come to these conclusions through study, through counsel, through conversations, and that's the whole goal of these episodes is for you to have a foundation that you can stand on. Some of you will never touch alcohol again. That's been your stance, and that's where you're going to stand. And biblically, that's where you feel you need to be. And that's great. We applaud you. Some of you are going to test the newfound freedom uh, that you have in uh, the fact that drinking is not a sin. And uh, you're going to explore those areas through a stance that you're understanding now because of these episodes. And we're okay with that. Here's what we want you to understand. We have not done these episodes to say, go out and drink, go buy some beer, get some whiskey, get hammered and sloshed, whatever you want to call it. And so don't hear us say, go out and get hammered. The recovering fundamentalist podcast, the beers and Bible podcast are not saying we want you to start drinking alcohol because we said so. Well, our hope and prayer is on every episode that we've done for these last two years, for all the episodes Beers and Bible have done, I'm sure, is to give you some biblical understanding of what the Bible says that you can apply to life and then go and live in the freedom as a follower of Jesus. 
And that's not just with alcohol. That's with all of these topics that we've been talking about. We pray that you never take everything we say as fact, but you always explore it for yourself. Because when you start taking everything we say as fact, now you're back in the echo chamber. And thank God that's what we've been freed from. And so live, live the newness of life that he's come to give in John 10, 10. That's right. Amen. Let's take an offering, boys. That'll preach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, one of the questions I love to ask our guests is, can you explain the gospel to us and to our listeners? Man, I love to point to the gospel using Ephesians chapter 2. It's one of my favorite chapters, and I think it sums it up in nine verses. You know, we are a wretched people. We are by nature children of wrath. Um, we, we have nothing good within us. And Mm -hmm. then those two glorious words, but God, Amen. Mm -hmm. but God, he came down, he lived the life that we could not live. He died the death that we deserved and, and he rose again. And that is, that's our only hope in life and death is, is Christ's death, burial and resurrection. That'll preach. Yeah. Well, wow. That's where I go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Michael, you want to add anything to that? I mean, when, whenever I think of the gospel, I just think uh, man sins separated themselves, separated us from God. Um, God had orchestrated a plan from the beginning of time, um, sent his son to live a perfect life, to, uh, to die a death that he didn't deserve, that we deserved, mm. um, to make a way to, to, to tear the veil from top to bottom so that we could um, have a relationship with him and enjoy the, the fruits of his creation. There it is. Man, that's a beautiful story, and I never get tired of hearing it. <laughs> I had the opportunity today to uh, actually finish a project I've been working on for a while, and I actually have it right here. It is uh, a little handout that we have called What is the Gospel? And on the back is just a simple gospel presentation based off of the episode we did on the essentials of the gospel, uh, which came from an a excerpt from one of J.I. Packer's books on uh, evangelism and the sovereignty of God. Oh, it's a great and, book. And, man, it is, and I absolutely love talking about the gospel. And this has been my pet project for the last couple of weeks, and we're getting ready to hand out a ton of these at a trunk or treat, which is going to happen here at our church uh, in a few weeks. So, uh, man, I love the gospel, and I love the fact that there is room for unity without uniformity within the body Mm -hmm. of Christ. Come on. And uh, we can fellowship uh, as long as we accept the Bible as our authority and as long as we can back up what we teach with Scripture in context. So, guys, man, it's been awesome talking to you and... You know, I, I get it. There there are a lot of people in the in the Baptist world that we came from that are never gonna love us talking about alcohol and never gonna go buy a beers and Bible t shirt and uh be cool with that. But I think a lot of them are gonna be softened to uh open their hearts to brothers and sisters in Christ that hold different views from them. Yeah. And that's yeah. I mean, that is one of the reasons that we that we did the podcast was in that hope of honest conversation that people would realize that just because we differ doesn't mean we have to fight. That's right. Amen. That's good. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Nathan Cravat has created the new Chick Track, and so be sure to pick those up today by going to the recoveringfundamentalist.org. And I cannot believe you're having one of those satanic trunk or treats, but oh man, Lord will forgive you for that. We are too. It's going to be great. <laughs> Nathan, you can hand off that Chick Track to Brian next week when he's back. And buddy, we missed you, and I can't wait to get you back here on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Uh, we want to thank some folks that work behind the scenes of the RFP, and uh, they put in a lot of work. Justin Knight, we cannot say enough about this guy. You've heard us talk about him for two years, but this guy, he is the real MVP of the RFP. He keeps the RFP network up and running. 
He keeps our merch store, the website, the episodes flowing. And Justin Knight, we cannot say enough about him. So if you find him on social media, shoot him a message and tell him thank you for all the work that he does for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We can't forget our patrons of Patreon. Thank you for being faithful to give each and every week. I want to give a special shout out to the sheriff of Heber Springs, uh, Chris Brown. He was at our meetup up in Bourbon, Missouri. And uh, this guy is a local official there and uh, just a phenomenal man that is doing some incredible work for the community, for this country, and is a born-again follower of Jesus, and uh, he is not ashamed of that. And so, Chris Brown, we salute you, sir, and uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing there in Arkansas, and uh, you're, a, you're a great man, and uh, we thank you for being part of the RFP family as well. Hey, be sure to go to rfpnetwork.org, check out all the uh, RFP Network podcasts uh, that are part of this great community, and uh, thank you for being part of the RFP fam. Nate, it's been a great episode. Michael, Anthony, we loved having you on today. And Nate, I am real excited about next week because we're going to be in week yes. number four talking about alcohol. We've got our good friend, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, they're a phenomenal couple. Mike and Jen Peters are back on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, coming to us all the way from Spain. And they're going to be talking about their views on alcohol and how that changed from their stance while they were in the States and how that changed when they got to the mission field, as well as some special guests that you're going to want to be sure to tune in and listen. I'm fired up about that episode, Nate. And I've got a spoiler alert for two weeks from now. The week after that, we actually have James White that is going mm -hmm. to be on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast for the very first time, along with Stephen Boyce, and we're going to be talking about the Reformation and the impact that it has made on Christianity. You do not want to miss that. That's going to be just in time for Reformation Day rather than Halloween, because Halloween's for sinners. Uh, it's just in time for yeah. Reformation Day, and I cannot wait for them to join us. This is a big deal for the RFP. It's the first time he's going to get to talk to John Calvin in person. I'm so excited I'm about that. I'm telling you so. what, James White <laughs> has always wanted to interview John Calvin. He's going to get oh, to. Oh, man. It's going to be a Beard great episode. Beard and all. So we Beard and all. So we've got two <laughs> incredible episodes coming up for you back to back. So we thank you for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. And if you've seen Brian Edwards, tell him to get back into the studio next week. Where's Brian? Oh, well. So it's been a great episode. Thanks for being here with us on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Y'all have a great week. Be, Be sweet. <laughs> Peace. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.